This is At the Core of Care, a podcast where people share their stories about nurses and their creative efforts to better meet the health and healthcare needs of patients, families, and communities. I'm Sarah Hexham Hubbard, Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Action Coalition. And on today's show, we're headed to Chester County in southeastern Pennsylvania, where nurses have played a key role in providing health care for the Latino population. Since the 1970s, many immigrants have come to the area for work in the mushroom industry. It's a long trip for them to get here and to deal with the daily life here that's very different from where they came from. So we try to provide the best we can for them as far as health care and educate them to how it works here so that they have healthy babies and get their women care, have someone to talk to, if this is the only place they come and have somebody to talk to at least, because they all come for different reasons. You know, most of them don't come because they want to come and leave their country. They come because they have to come. According to the CDC, the average lifespan of most migrant farm workers is 49. And throughout the show, we're going to hear about various healthcare barriers facing this community and how holistic and culturally relevant models of care are needed. One goal is obviously health equity and advancing health equity in a community of Latinx farm workers that is not just underserved, but understudied. But the other purpose which is very important and it gets at the root of some of the problem is that we need a more diverse workforce. Going back to when I first became interested in wellness, it was like seeing my family struggle through staying healthy. Wow, it would have been amazing, you know, to see a nurse that looked like me that was doing that kind of work. Our producer Stephanie Maruda spent time in Chester County reporting on nurse-led initiatives to serve this community. Her first stop was South Mill Mushroom Farm where she interviewed two young men who graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a degree in nursing and nutrition science. In 2019, they won the university's $100,000 President's Engagement Prize to develop and implement an idea for an on-site wellness pilot program involving the farm's Latino workers. Their initiative is called Cultivando Juntos, which translates to cultivating together. South Mill Mushroom Farm is on the outskirts of Kennett Square, a small borough in Chester County where nearly half the population is Latino. The morning I visit the farm, I meet Jose Maciel and Antonio Rentaria outside the main office building. They lead me into the cafeteria where they often hold their wellness sessions after the workers get off shift. The cafeteria looks like what you might see in a school. There are long blue tabletops with attached pinkish-colored bench seats. There's a wall of small cubbies full of lunch bags and coolers. And the restrooms are right off the cafeteria, so there's a constant loud noise of hand dryers in the background. Some workers keep their blue hairnet caps on while they eat and chat in groups, while others sit alone or close their eyes. Shifts at the farm start around 7 in the morning and can sometimes run until 5 in the afternoon. Jose, Antonio, and I sit down, and all around us, we can hear workers speaking Spanish. Jose pulls out from his bag a small Tupperware container full of fresh fruit, including strawberries, grapes, and blackberries. This last week, someone passed due to a heart attack here at the farm in the cafeteria. And the toughest thing is that this shouldn't be happening. And how can we prevent it going forward? Is it really going to the doctor more often? How can we make these healthy habits that need to happen 
to prevent these kind of things more accessible and realizable here at the farm. And that's what continues to push us through for this. Jose has been a competitive runner since high school and decided to become vegan after his father died of a heart attack. And three years before his dad passed away, Jose's mother died from breast cancer. Those experiences shaped his decision to become a nurse instead of an engineer. I thought I was going to be an engineer for the rest of my life, but then I was like, I kind of like, you know, not sitting and just working on proofs all day or coding. And so what if I work with people? And so I found that there's a lot of STEM and nursing and there's a lot of human connection in nursing. The same that I wanted that I saw that the nursing care of my mother when she had cancer was giving to my mother. And so I found that there was not many Latino nurses, not many who can give that connection of speaking the same language as the patients you're caring for. And I saw how big of a difference it made for my mother and I want to replicate that for other people. And I feel like I see that quite often over here. When you see that someone else is over here of your blood, they have this kind of similar impression where they take you as your own and they trust you very much so. And, you know, we want to make use of that trust and that kind of like family relationship that we have over here in the community with Cultimando Juntos. Aside from making healthier habits more accessible and more practical in the home, well, I feel like I really want to bring the health back in the hands of the farm workers here. When farm workers go to the clinic and they're given this report of having high cholesterol or diabetes, oftentimes it's not really understood what's going on. But hopefully throughout our program here, there is some level of education where individuals can know how to be able to manage their own health in their own hands. And with that, that's power that I want them to have for them to care and prevent a lot of these diseases that are happening here in the community. Jose grew up in a farm working community in Washington state. His father had worked in the cherry and apple industries and during high school, Jose spent the first two summers packing cherries and then the next two going around to apple orchards with his dad. If you see the Washington apples, there's a sticker on all the apples that have a Washington apple on them. I would fix the machine that slaps those stickers on them. I met farmers from different parts of Washington State, Idaho, and Oregon, and it was always a great experience going to every single different farm. And so that's what I feel makes me very comfortable coming to all the farms over here in Kennett. When Antonio and I come here and we work with the individuals here, they feel like our own family members. There's someone over here that already claims to have adopted us and who uh, bring, wants to bring us through her home to feed us. And so it's so nice. It feels like home. Antonio grew up in Texas, and like Jose, he also considered engineering. I also wanted to become an engineer, but I decided senior year that I wanted to become a nurse because I wanted to find a way to intervene at the bedside as nurses oftentimes end up having more time, you know, with whoever's on the bed. And knowing that we would have so much time, we're able to learn what outcomes interest the patient, how we can best treat, how we can individualize their plan of care. And Antonio has already started to see the benefit of guiding his own parents through some of their health decisions. My father has hyperlipidemia, hypercholesteremia, and diabetes hypertension, and that in itself made me want to you know, question, like, what are we doing wrong? And so that someone inspired me to become a nurse and see what I could do to change our, our lifestyles. Like, I did not know many of the things that I know now as a nurse. And now that I've graduated from college, 
they always come and ask me, like, what can I do to improve my health? When I'm talking to my dad, sometimes he's stubborn as to how he can change his diet. But just recently, he decreased his A1C back to 5.8, so after my uh, dietary uh, you know, recommendations. So those are the small things that inspire me to continue doing these things that Jose and I are doing. Both Antonio and Jose want to ultimately become nurse practitioners with a gerontology focus. And so they see the work they're doing at South Mill as laying the groundwork for their future practice. As part of Cutuvando Juntos, they want to help change health habits so migrant farm workers have longer, fuller lives. Something about our program is that it's not a lecture where you learn something. It's a fun club where the community comes together and shares ideas as to how they're maintaining their health. Like I, am, I go for walks, I dance while I'm cleaning the house. So I think something about our program is that we come together and talk about recipes that bring from their uh, native countries. Um, many people from Mexico, Venezuela. Antonio and Jose coordinate regular cooking classes in the cafeteria, where they bring in receipts to show workers how to buy affordable ingredients to make a nutritious meal. So we were here yesterday, and what we made were mushroom tacos with a corn tortilla, and that was on the griddle. The mushrooms were topped with a little bit of salt, garlic powder, and some onion powder. And the objective is to dehydrate the mushrooms, have all the water evaporate, and have a nice char on both sides of the mushroom. These mushrooms are sliced. And then Jose would take care of that. I myself would put in my signature guacamole with a pico de gallo with a hint of lime and salt. And I think this has been the most successful recipe the funniest thing I got from this was when we were making the mushrooms on the stovetop, everyone would say, you know, that pair really good with a steak. And the funny thing is, you know, we're trying to sell the idea of, hey, you guys, like, we can make these mushrooms really good. We could transform them to be the tastiest that they can be for you to enjoy the taco like that with the guacamole and the pico for you not to need the steak. And with that, you could eat many of these tacos without needing to worry about it being too unhealthy for you. You can make sure that you eat four or five at your heart's content and make sure that by replacing this steak, you're not furthering the risk for cardiovascular disease or diabetes. That's a big part of what Jose and Antonio are trying to do with Cutuvando Juntos. They're going to be measuring certain health markers to see whether their outreach and interventions are actually making an impact. We decided that our primary outcomes are going to be improvements in sleep, mental health, exercise, and nutrition. And also, biometric-wise, we want to see improvements in blood pressure, weight, blood cholesterol, blood glucose, and also waist circumference. And so with that, we want to see whether or not there's improvements after 13 weeks to show that we can reduce risks in diabetes, metabolic disease, heart disease, and also some subsets of depression and also other forms. If they're successful, Antonio and Jose plan to make a case for expanding to other farms in the area. But in the meantime, they have some challenges to overcome. One thing that's very difficult is trying to find a timing schedule for making Cotibonda Juntos happen. Antonio and I get here as early as 2 p.m. to try to accommodate the first group that gets off packing. They have an inconsistent schedule where one week they could get off at 2.30 and the next week they get off at 5. And that's what happened recently in these past two weeks. The first time at 2.30, people were really willing to come out and help us cook and make some food and have some good conversation. But just yesterday, 
people got out at 5.30 and said, I'm sorry, but we have to go home. We're too tired to make it a day. Why doesn't anything like this exist? This is why. It's very hard to make something work for such dynamic schedules where people are exhausted from working 60-hour weeks. We also want to work with the local vendors here. Right outside this cafeteria, there is a food truck that sells Mexican food that is unfortunately more so Mexican-American food than Mexican food. And is it is more on the greasier side and very tasty and easy to eat. But unfortunately, it's not too healthy. And so with time, we hope to also have some communication with them and hopefully introduce one of our products for them to also sell and produce. For those that are participating in our program and who want to have a lighter option, we don't want to change the way they work here or their role here, but we do want to give them this opportunity to have economic incentives for those that want to eat a healthier lifestyle here. One of the workers who's been showing up to their cooking classes is Clemente. He's been packing mushrooms in the area for 12 years and at South Mill for less than a year. Jose translated and described some of the recipes Clemente has enjoyed making with them. I've learned the mushrooms with the guacamole and I've also cooked chickpea salad. Clemente says he wants to learn more healthy recipes and thinks what Antonio and Jose are doing could make a difference at the farm. We could use the help here. Let's keep on uh, teaching people how to eat healthier so that we can prevent diseases and not get too obese. Jose and Antonio hope more men at the farm will be like Clemente and fully participate in the cooking classes, as opposed to just watching from the side of the cafeteria. There's a lot of like uh, machismo in Latino culture, but he's the one that's been breaking those stereotypes and coming in and being more enthusiastic about cooking and enjoying the time that we have together. Hopefully, the more recruitment sessions we have here and the more we can show that anyone can make this food, including Antonio and I, also men, you know, we can invite the more men to let their guard down a little bit and also enjoy this cooking process and eat healthier new foods. How to best intervene with men working at South Mill has been a major concern for the company. Ana Buitron is the benefits administrator there, and she was introduced to Antonio and Jose through La Comunidad Hispana, which is a local federally qualified health center that has conducted periodic health screenings at the farm. One issue that we have with our harvesters, or majority the men, is that they don't take care of themselves. That's why we partnered with Antonio and Jose. Because in the last couple of years, we've seen many issues with diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol. So that's why we brought them. They don't like to go to the doctor. They choose the cheapest plan that we have or the affordable plan that doesn't cover that much. Like it's just basic planning. When Anna first came to the United States in 2000, she spent time packing mushrooms in Chester County at another farm. Eventually, she got an office job and worked her way up. Her brother also works at South Mill as a truck driver, and her husband and his family members have jobs within the area's mushroom industry. As Anna explains, picking mushrooms is not easy work. At South Mill in Kennett Square, mushrooms are grown inside three long houses where there isn't much light. They have to be able to graft mushrooms with one hand. They handle like five or six mushrooms and just cut the, the base and put it in a basket. They hang the basket in like inside of the beds 
but sometimes we have houses that have one, two or three levels, depending, and they have to climb. So they have one feet in here, one feet in here. So it's a hard job. You have to have balance because they put one feet in, in one bed and the other one in the other bed, and they like picking mushrooms. Harvesters get paid by what they pick, whereas packers get paid hourly. So the more harvesters pick, the more money they'll make. They can make something from like 400 to 1,000 and more than 1,000 sometimes in a week. So depend on the abilities. While harvesters are focused on picking as much as they can, Ana hopes Jose and Antonio can help to start change how harvesters approach their health. We need ideas to make them aware they need to take care of themselves. I explained to Jose Antonio, this is our challenge. Like how we make, especially the men, understand that they need to do the preventive exams, go to the doctor regularly. They, they don't like to go. What Ana is saying about men's health issues registers with providers at La Comunidad Hispana, or LCH. That's the local federally qualified health center, which provides bilingual and comprehensive care and wellness checks at various mushroom farms in the area. Dr. Federico Sepa is the director of primary care for LCH and has treated mushroom workers both on the farms and in the clinic. For a while, I was the only male provider, and I would get a lot of men that just wanted to see me. There's nothing special about me, but I'm just a male. So yes, that I think is part of it. And yes, there are some social norms, you know, where one thing that I see in our members is they can't miss work. They can't miss work at all. If they miss work, they don't get paid. They don't get sick days. They don't have PTO. They're not afforded that. So because they're not, that's a limitation to them coming in. The other one is when they come in, it's make me better, not I need an excuse not to work. Or it's you got to get me so I can go back and earn my living and take care of my family. So I see a lot of that. And yeah, the men, you know, it's I can't take the time. I'm supporting all these people or I'm sending money back home or, you know, I just I, I can't do it. So we have a lot of evening hours just for that, just to accommodate those people coming in. And our evening hours are more full than any other time because people can't take off. Federico says the majority of patients who come to LCH are Latino and mainly from Mexico, but that there has been a recent influx of Guatemalans and Venezuelans settling into the area. He says there's a variety of healthcare barriers that patients at LCH deal with. There's a fear of going to the ER. There's a fear of going to the hospital, end up with a huge bill. There's a fear of, you know, if I need a surgery, how's that going to get paid for? Because we um, see a lot of laborers, we see a lot of hernias. You can't get those fixed because there's limited resources and surgeries, anything procedural is really, really expensive. So you have people that are trying to work in discomfort with things that can be fixed, but in our system, it's hard to do that. As a federally qualified health center, LCH has a history of being a nurse-led clinic and provides a sliding scale to patients based on what they can pay. The staff also works with patients to navigate the healthcare system and figure out transportation to the clinic if they don't have a car. But Federico says the recent political climate has added to the level of anxiety in the community. We see a lot of people in very tough situations that a family member got deported or is in process or family members that want to come over and they can't because there's a fear. There was an ICE raid, I would say, two years ago when the new administration came aboard and we shut down for two days. We didn't shut down for that day. 
no one came in because there was a fear and there was a fear that if I'm out in the street, I'm going to get pulled over. So I do think they think we are safe, but it will affect us indirectly. But the anxiety component of it has been huge. And we have an integrated behavioral health team. And once we see a member that has a little bit of anxiety or depression, they are on it. We help, we support, we try to give accurate information. In some cases, LCH also provides legal support. They help connect patients with lawyers to deal with a range of issues, especially involving their immigration status. Steve Castellano is the director of business operations and was the interim president and CEO when I visited. We provide legal services. You know, some of it's very generic, just, you know, landlord disputes. It's a consult with an attorney to understand your rights and best path forward. But we also have immigration attorneys that volunteer and come here. And there's uh, could be issues with unaccompanied minors where both parents aren't here. You know, the the parent that is here needs to have full rights or perhaps they're not here with their parents and they're here with either family members or friends. And they literally, if they're under 18, they can't even come for a wellness check here at LCH because they don't have a guardian, a legal guardian. So we help people try and navigate that and get to a place where they can be represented. And then another issue is if parents need to set themselves up, if they're illegal and their kids are legal, what happens if they're not here tomorrow? So there's ways to plan for that with powers of attorney, things like that. So we help people get that done. In the nearby borough of West Grove, LCH opened a new center in 2018 focused specifically on healthcare for immigrant women. When I dropped in, I had a chance to talk with Terry Noon and Lillian Gutierrez. Terry is a nurse midwife, and Lillian is a prenatal GYN nurse. We have a big joke that Lillian will come out of the room and say, Don't open the can of worms, Terry. <laughs> things always come out. And that's something that we feel really passionately about, making sure that we're addressing things that people have tucked in that they're not necessarily talking about elsewhere. So it's an opportunity. And it's an opportunity that most of our women don't necessarily have outside in the world that they can come in and they can share anything they want. And they can talk about anything they want. And it's within the walls of that room. And it's never going to leave. And they're going to have somebody that's going to be able to listen and help troubleshoot and partner with them in that kind of feeling. So we really appreciate it. Plus, it's all mostly, what do you say, Lillian, like 90% at this point in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So, and I speak pretty good Spanish at this point, but it's still not my native tongue, and so it takes us a lot of energy. So if there's ever anything that's really beyond, like I cannot understand, or if it's something that is really is beyond the conversations that I'm really comfortable with, then Lillian will come in, or Maria will come in, our MAs. So... We have lots of help. (laughs) I go out there and I say, Spanish help. A lot of their patients work at the mushroom farms nearby. And when it comes to prenatal care, Terry says the approach in the United States can be a stark contrast to what some patients experienced in their home countries. Some of our more very recent Guatemalan women who 
If they're not from urban areas, it really is very different because our care is completely foreign to them. So getting blood drawn, having an ultrasound, having to come back every month to an office where somebody's checking in on you is not something that they have gone through before. And even if they've had babies, if they haven't had babies before, maybe their intersection with the healthcare community has been pretty minimal, I would say. Many of these women, it blows my mind how they navigate the healthcare system because they get this stuff done. They figure out how to get to the lab. They go to the radiology. They come to their appointments. They're participating fully in any way that it seems that they can. And don't speak Spanish um, might not be their first language, even if they're from Guatemala. They have different dialects. So we've had to deal with that too. So now we have like a an interpreter line that we use if needed. Uh, don't know some Spanish, like most of the time we can get by, but their first language is not Spanish. That's different. Lillian says it isn't easy for the women to take time off to come to the clinic. They might not be able to get an excused absence from work, find childcare, or even get a ride there. Some of the women don't drive. Because they're the mushroom farms, like, They work long hours, so for them to take off, it's hard. The women have to depend on the day that their husband can take off or to bring them, because a lot of them don't drive themselves. Some do, but we have a lot that don't, that depend always on the partner to be able to come in. Without adequate transportation, the feeling of social isolation can be further compounded. It's a long trip for them to get here and to deal with the daily life here that's very different from where they came from. So we try to provide the best we can for them as far as healthcare and educate them to how it works here mm-hmm. so that they have healthy babies and get their women care, have someone to talk to, if this is the only place they come and have somebody to talk to at least. Because they all come for different reasons. You know, most of them don't come because they want to come and leave their country. They come because they have to come. You know, everybody has their own story. And we've heard a lot of different stories. And it makes you want to help them more to at least get them to be in a better place and adjust here. Some women have many family members, many friends, lots of coworkers, and they're completely integrated in the community that they feel really happy and satisfied and comfortable with. And then there are some people that have nobody, literally nobody. Those are the people that we really worry about and try to kind of make sure. So for instance, the nurse family partnership, the um, home health visiting nurses, Nurse Family Partnership has a specific criteria. The Chester County Health Department visiting nurses can see a wider range of women. So they're like this lifeline that we have. We meet with them once a month. We talk about all of our common women, try to figure out how to integrate them into care. Terry says LCH screens frequently for anxiety and depression and has recently rolled out a new Centering Pregnancy program to help better support expecting mothers. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to start Centering was to kind of eliminate that, or or at least to alleviate a little bit of that social isolation, give people contact with other women. Centering is a practice that's been around since the 1990s, and Terry and her colleagues had some experience with it at other places where they've worked. So they helped spearhead this latest initiative at LCH for their Spanish-speaking mothers. They thought it could be a supportive way to provide prenatal care with added social benefits. So we started a program that was basically opt-out, like we wanted everybody to participate. We have about somewhere between 10 and 15 women who give birth each month with us. 
at the hospital. We don't actually attend their births. But we're hoping for around seven or eight women in a group. And if you can't make it or if there's some reason why you don't want to participate or anything like that, you stay in traditional prenatal care with one-on-one provider. So we meet once a month and then until 28 weeks and then we start doing every other week. So you come into the room. We have the room set up almost like a combination of a party and a retreat. We have snacks, we have music playing, and they come in and they check their own blood pressure. They weigh themselves. They write all their information down. Lillian is in the room facilitating conversation, doing little activities in the workbook about self-reflection, self-care. And then they come back and we have a divider in the room. It's all in our kitchen. So we have a divider in the room and a cot in the back of the room. And then each woman and I do a check-in in the back with the noisemaker and the music and do our individual assessment and then they rejoin the group. So they're just pulling off for about five minutes with me in the back and then coming back to the group. The Centering Pregnancy Program for Spanish-speaking mothers that LCH has launched is an example of what culturally relevant care can look and feel like. And Adriana Perez says it's key within the Latinx community. Adriana is a nurse practitioner and researcher at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. So in, in terms of kind of the big picture, you know, the, the framework for developing systems and interventions that include the voice of Latinx communities is critical to our work and truly advancing health equity. So if you take the research apart, the research that informs practice, that informs the way health systems do what they do, for the most part, most do not take into account what the needs of Latinx communities are. So for example, in my research, I mostly have worked on developing physical activity interventions that promote cardiovascular health in older Latina women. When I looked at that literature, most of those studies, and there were not that many, and there's still not, that hasn't really changed over the last 10 years, is that most of those studies were designed with frameworks that don't take into account culture. And by that, I mean the values and the priorities of the community we're intending to serve. And one example that I give my students all the time is, you know, a very popular approach to promoting health is self-care. And we teach students that in nursing school, and that is, you know, health systems promote that people taking care of themselves. Well, in Latinx communities, it goes against all the research that we know and all the decades of research that show that health is a shared value. We keep each other healthy. So there's a program aimed at promoting the health of older Latinx people or farm workers that we can't negate the influence of family and community on their health. And Adriana has seen firsthand how La Comunidad Hispana has adopted this outlook in the care they provide to patients. She spent time with LCH doing wellness checks at the area's mushroom farms. Adriana herself grew up in a farm working community in Arizona and realized early on that she could make a difference in the health of her community through nursing. Self-care is not just up to you. It's up to all of us to keep each other healthy. Opens the door, and I think that's what you see with La Comunidad Hispana. The approach that they take with the patients that they serve in the families is that, and you see it the minute you walk into the clinic, everyone is welcome. Kids, you know, are welcome. If somebody is late because their child is sick, you know, they're not judged. 
or if somebody misses an appointment because something happened with their grandmother, grandparents, there is no judgment. Everybody is treated as a community. And so it's an approach that has been successful. They're very trusted. Adriana is the reason that Jose and Antonio ended up making the connection with South Mill Mushroom Farm and LCH as part of their pilot program. Adriana met the two in their final year at the University of Pennsylvania. Jose and Antonio are continuing to build on the work she's been doing. And Adriana is Jose and Antonio's official mentor for Cutuvando Juntos. She helped them shape their winning proposal with input from other mentors along the way. What's amazing with them is that these are some of the principles I have not had to mentor them in. It's like this is the innate strength that they bring to the table is that they understand how important it is to give people a voice in their own care. And so they've had an idea to promote health and wellness for farm workers. But in this process, they've included them in that work. They have you know, use an approach with the focus groups to make sure that they're embedding all of the considerations that are necessary for them, whether it's their work life, whether it's their home life, their biggest concerns, and also their biggest strengths that they can embed into their weekly sessions. For Adriana, Jose and Antonio represent a new direction for how nursing can be perceived within the Latino community. Before coming to Philadelphia, she worked as a nurse and researcher in Arizona and led the Phoenix chapter of the National Association of Hispanic Nurses. Today, she continues to advocate for health equity and is currently involved with the Future of Nursing campaign through the Center to Champion Nursing in America. Because of the campaign's work with the Pennsylvania Action Coalition. I see this work as achieving two major goals. One goal is obviously health equity and advancing health equity in a community of Latinx farm workers that is not just underserved, but understudied. So this serves that purpose. But the other purpose, which is very important and again gets at the root of some of the problem, is that we need a more diverse workforce. And for Young men in nursing, this is important, you know. Five, six percent of our workforce in nursing is Latinx. And 10 to 12 percent is men in nursing. So Jose and Antonio are helping to fulfill two of those needs. And the more and more that young people in the community, farm workers who themselves are very young, see two young men that are successful nurses, that are role models in nursing, will hopefully get more to see nursing as an opportunity to improve the health of their family and their community. Going back to when I first you know, became interested in wellness, it was like seeing my family struggle through staying healthy wow, it would have been amazing, you know, to see a nurse that looked like me that was doing that kind of work. I met many nurses later, um, you know, that I think we need to continue to work on. So I think that's why this work is important. It's helping to address two major needs. And the purpose that they're fulfilling through their work is going to be beyond one project. It will be immeasurable, like long term, you know, that I think their work will, will have significant impact in Kennett Square and beyond. Special thanks to Jose Maciel, Antonio Renteria, Ana Buitron, Clemente, Terry Noon, Lillian Gutierrez, Steve Castellano, Federico Sepa, and Adriana Perez for taking time to talk with us. 
Funding for this podcast comes from the Center to Champion Nursing in America, which is a joint initiative of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, AARP, and the AARP Foundation, along with the Pennsylvania Action Coalition. The Pennsylvania Action Coalition is housed at the National Nurse-Led Care Consortium, a subsidiary of Public Health Management Corporation. You can find out more about us and our programs at paactioncoalition.org. Follow us on social media at PA Action. We'd love to hear from you. Stephanie Marudas of Covinda Media is our producer, and we have production assistance from Brad Linder. I'm Sarah Hexham Hubbard of the Pennsylvania Action Coalition. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.